Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, one and all. This is Baca Bites. And once again, I'm in charge. So, you know the whole spiel. You know, me and Magical Average are here again. Frank's doing his thing adulting or whatever not watching anime like a loser abandoning us uh abandoning us hardcore like but uh we're here to talk about anime again this season's anime we're talking one each just like last week uh and we're gonna talk about my hero academia at the end and maybe talk more anime stuff who knows uh but let's just jump right into it pretty boy detective club tell me about it my wish came true. Finally. It only took, what is it, like the 11th episode now, 12th episode for it to finally come true. We have more than just a two-episode mystery. Thank the almighty gods or whatever you believe in for this because it was getting very tiring. But we've expanded beyond that. So... The end of last episode, as I mentioned during the podcast last week, we got this weird glimpse into like the hierarchy of the school and what school life is for a lot of the students. And basically what we found out was that it's a mill for just churning out very boring corporate students that are just going to go off to do very boring corporate life stuff. Everything that goes against a pretty boy detective club. And that's worrisome for the president of the Pretty Boy Detective Club, who's joining the middle school next year, because that means that the Pretty Boy Detective Club is likely to be disbanded. Because we're losing the student council president who will be graduating the high school. So there's this whole issue of the seniors graduating, the underclassmen coming up, and what the lifestyle of the school is going to be for the Pretty Boy Detective Club come next year because everything's going to change. We had the potential of it not changing because of the the front runner for the student council president, who was the vice president, fortunately, unfortunately got run over by a car, and that was our mystery. 
So we dive into this episode with the running over the car incident, the hit and run incident at D Hill. And you're going to be surprised, Lobo. It's actually a pretty interesting mystery. And the theories are actually fairly riveting. Unlike, you know, this a girl that can see a, a space station explode in space or, you know, the, an art piece that's just the mystery was that their teacher did it. And surprise, here's my the teacher to explain it all to you. No, no, no. This is an actual mystery. So the club, the new girl of the club, the only girl of the club, and uh, Mr. Delinquent, who's the gentleman that can cook food really well, they go off uh, to the site again to try to figure out what happened. And they're also going to go visit um, the president's. Oh, no, excuse me. The the vice president who got hit. She's in the hospital. They're going to go visit her and question her. So we get an interesting take from Mr. Delinquent, which is very odd for him to do this, too, because he's normally like fairly bland explanation for the mystery. His hypothesis this time is that it was on purpose. She meant to get hit. This was all just a sham. That this was a, co- a, a a ploy because she didn't want to run. The vice president didn't want to run the student council race because she didn't want to be president because she didn't want to have that lifestyle. She didn't want to have all that pressure on her. The pressure of maintaining the status quo of what's been existing because you find out later in the episode that the school has been very combative against the student council president because, well, he's a member of the Pretty Boy Detective Club, and so he's trying to protect that club. But also, he just goes against their very way of existing, which is, again, you, you're you like, you don't stand out, don't be unique. We want you to graduate and just go on to high school and be very standard, straightforward students to join corporate Japan. I think they're in Japan. <laughs> um, so we get this interesting take from one of the detectives that it could have just been all a sham and that there really wasn't a hit and run. Well, they visit her in the hospital, and no, it was for sure a hit and run. She is, like, on top of her role. She's got all these notes that she's taken over years. She's very into student council. She's actually, like, very distraught at the fact that she can't run in the race anymore. So that theory goes right out the window. So they're like, all right, that's fine. And you think it ends there. But then it dives into the theory that I had posed last week, which was about the president of the Pretty Boy Detective Club and his the changes that are going to happen once he joins the middle school if the student council completely undergoes a, a change of of ownership we'll say we get a, so much of a glimpse into it that we meet the president's older brother and i'm thinking oh man what's this guy going to be like right like the president of the pretty boy detective club is this young kid who speaks loudly and and verbosely is very aesthetic, all about aesthetics, just eccentric from top to bottom. His older brother has to be exactly the same. And you're fed that too. Like, oh my gosh, he was the one. He, the president's older brother was the one that created Pretty Boy Detective Club. He would sing every time he talked. He would dance like disco style. He was super cool, very flamboyant. It was amazing. And you meet him and he is the exact opposite. And you're like, well, what happened? Like, that's odd coming from the previous president of the Pretty Boy Detective Club and 
the previous president of the student council body too. Like, this doesn't seem like you. And it's just as I hypothesized. His brother, they're, they're talking with him and they're trying to get down to, you know, what might've caused the student, the vice president to get run over or, you know, cause the hit and run to happen. Like, what can we do for uh, Nagahiro, who is the girl who's running for student council now in place of the vice president? Like, what can we do to boost her? Because there's this random no-name kid that's in first place right now. And student council, the the, the older brother's like, I don't know, just, just be better? I don't know. And they're like, well, don't you have something like flamboyant to say? Like, you know, this is not like you. And he's like... I grew out of that. Like, I'm still kind of surprised you're doing those childish things. And it just hits you like a sack of rocks. You're like, oh, no. Like, he just got drained of all of his his youth and enthusiasm. And you just, you see the fear that comes over the student, the current student council president's face of like, holy crap, that's going to be me. I'm graduating middle school. I'm leaving the Pretty Boy Detective Club. Like, I'm going to turn into that. And then the, like, the immediate thought of and i can't let that happen to the president like he's like that's the that's the big issue and so you get that interaction you're fed more into that underlying story which keeps evolving and then the episode you're like all right that's pretty satisfying episode you got my i got my wish it's not just a two two episode mystery arc it's gonna be more than that sweet my theory was correct awesome sauce what more can i ask for we see who the hit and run person is like the last two minutes it's it's a it took me for a whirlwind the last two minutes are the girl and mr delinquent talking still because they go back to the 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 site where the accident happened they're like all right so we know it's not a fake here's some more information though we know which way she was walking we know which way the car could have been coming so how did she get hit like what what could have happened and as they're talking, you see a car approaching, and you're like, uh-oh. And they keep talking, and and it keeps getting closer and closer. And finally, the boy shoves the girl all the way, like, luckily saves her because the car was going right for him. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that was them. The girl saw him because she's got this supervision with her, with her weird mystical eyes. The motherfucker is the kid who is winning the current student council race. The boring, no-name dude that she sit next to in class is the one who's the hit-and-run driver. And okay. it just cuts. Wait a minute. It just cuts. Wait That's a it. That's all we get. So you, this guy's winning the election, right? Yes. No one knows and how. And still, he is still trying to take down his competition yes. any way possible. Which what is, a fucking psycho. Which Exactly. That's why it threw me off. Because I was like, like thinking about all the characters that we've met so far, and it's like, the the one theory that made the most sense was that it was all just faked, right? Like she was just overwhelmed by the the pressure that was put onto her by the current student council president to uphold all of his like to uphold his regime pretty much and make sure that you know everything's protected. Don't let this don't bend to the stu- the 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 school. You got to keep things intact for us, like. That all was plausible. And then you find out it's not, and you're like, well, who could it really be? Like, it can't be the dude winning. Like, he's winning outright. Nope. It's fucking him. And I'm like, what? Why? But also, how? And just, but, no, that doesn't, why? But it, it cuts. 
it's like the perfect cliffhanger. It's finally they get to the point where like it's really, really real. Like it's not just these crazy off the wall mysteries. Like this is like serious kind of stuff. And it I it got me. It got me. I'm gonna say it right there. I was I was so skeptical from the last couple of weeks of how episodes were ending. I saw the the trajectory that this the last episode was going into, and I'm like, all right, I can see what's gonna happen. I can I can start hypothesizing, but I'm praying it's gonna be longer than two episodes, and it was. But man, what a cliffhanger to live leave it on. Whoo! Is this this is a one season show, right? I don't know. So the, like, n- I, I believe there's... if it is, that means next week is the final episode, I, and yeah. leading up to this, yeah. Damn. I can't imagine that it's just once. I know there's source material because I've seen the manga for it, but I don't know like how far along each are. But mm. no matter what, if it's one season or you know if there's going to be a follow up season two, it's this next episode. It's going to end with a bang. That's for sure. Damn, that's some crazy shit, right? Like, I was excited for, like, the beginnings of all these different uh, mysteries and everything, and then just lackluster ending. And this one, I'm just like, okay, that's interesting. There's some, there's some, there's something afoot here. Yeah. Well, New this... episode, just like, shit's going down. <laughs> what the fuck? No, it was, like, from start to finish, pretty much. Well, and, and this one felt had a different vibe, too, because the previous ones were, like, I, I don't want to say, like, over the top, but they really were because it was like the first one was finding a star. Turns out it wasn't a star. You saw a space station explode from a nuke. Okay. Weird. Next one. Uh, there's all, uh, there's an underground casino. Well, it's not really the mystery so much as how they're running it and what for. Okay. It's still like kind of, eh. next one. All this painting has no people in it, but they should. Were they stolen? Would the, did this class disappear? Because that was the mystery. Like that was the school myth of like this class disappeared when the art teacher was essentially chastised and and cast away by the school. And so her final like huzzah was to draw this painting and and capture the students into it. You know, like all crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And then this one is a hit and run. Like that's real. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's that you can kind of like sense that it's getting to a different take now because you're like, that's kind of like a really realistic thing to happen, and it's not so much a mystery as so much as it is an actual crime. <laughs> so they're like, they're doing police work, still detectives, mm-hmm. but you just there was a whole different sense to the mystery around it, and everything that's happened so far has made this feel more and more real. And I think that's what they were getting at is that like. The Mysteries of Four were crazy, off-the-wall bonkers because, you know, that's just how it's, it is. Like, it's the Pretty Boy Detective Club. They solve crazy, out-of-this-world things. This one, though, got really deep and, and real with, with how impactful the, the, the mystery is, I should say. It's not, it hasn't ended yet. But it just, it made you kind of really think of, beyond just the mystery that whole underlying thing of with the president and the the state of the pretty boy detective club and it just put it all into perspective and really makes you think and i just can't speak more about this last episode and i can't wait for the next one ah just keep talking about i can talk about it now for days and days it's just ugh. 
Love well, it. you can talk for days and days and days when Frank comes back. Yeah, when Frank, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll gush like little girls. Honestly, these last few weeks of episodes have been absolute bangers. So all you people listening, yeah. catch up. And if you're caught yeah, up, and good then job. Probably, most likely next next week's episode when Frank returns, it is going to be the longest because we're going to catch up on a lot of these shows that we have not talked about. Yeah. And crazy stuff has gone down in a lot of these. Yeah. Get ready. So <laughs> buckle up. It's going to be quite a ride. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's just jump into Two Year Eternity. Uh, last time there was a time skip and it showed the crew had um, uh, aged a bit. I think it was four years. And now it's still the time skip. They're, they're still doing their thing. Um, Fushi is making is sewing uh, gifts for uh, people. One thing he's sewing is a sweat rag, and then the girl next to him is, uh, is trying to figure out a gift or like how to ask um, her crush to go to her birthday party and save her from being uh, in this arranged marriage. Fushi, just 100% blunt as ever, just like, why don't you just ask Gugu? Because you like him a lot. You know, teenagers not able to express their feelings. They get so much teenage drama and blush and run away. And she did just that. Ran away. Uh, Outside, you find Gugu and his brother who abandoned him talking he got his life together because last time he saw him, he was like near dead in an alley and he gave him a ring. Uh, Gugu had a ring that was given to him by this girl and she still does not recognize him because that was before the accident. So his face is destroyed and he's wearing a mask. That is how would you recognize that person? You know? So, uh, he gave his brother the ring to have him sell it and get him back on his feet. The brother did not sell it. He got his shit together and he gave back the ring. Gugu threw it back at him and said he wants something to do with him and that he should never see him again. And then Gugu went and did his chores, whatever it was, away from the, the house he went to the old man in the shop, gave him the ring, and told him, please give this to Gugu. Make sure he gets it somehow. And the girl was there, and she saw the ring and recognized it immediately because it was her ring. And then she started thinking that she, the person she gave it to was the cute boy selling uh, vegetables to help his family. And that was true. He was he was the guy selling vegetables. He found her dog, uh, and she rewarded him with a ring that was basically her engagement ring sent to her. So, this entire episode was basically like her trying to figure out if Gugu was the same boy, and trying to get either one of them to reveal the fucking truth. Because none of them know 
that Gugu saved her from a fucking rolling log down a hill. So they go to the birthday party, him and, and Fushi. Gugu gets, as a gift, a single flower, a purple flower. When he gives it to her, everyone at the party and her maid all are mortified that he gave her this flower because that was the flower that she was uh, she was picking when the accident happened and she got a scar on her arm, which is the tiniest fucking scar, but apparently it is the most horrific thing that could have ever happened to her according to everyone in the fucking village. Psychos. Kid loses his face, doesn't bat an eye, and then that, this girl gets a tiny scar and everyone loses their fucking minds. This is a whirlwind of emotions. Holy shit. Right? It's such a weird... She is. It's so dumb, but she takes it, she loves it, and that's when she's like, it's him. Has to be him. Some of the rich kids are irritated with him there, wearing a mask, saying he's being impolite. Um, And an altercation happens. Gugu gets pushed into the water. Uh, there's a fountain in the middle of fucking the the ballroom, apparently. Uh, so dries himself off, eats some food, and he tells Fushi, like, "Yeah, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna stay here long. You want to leave?" And Fushi's like, "No, I'm gonna stay." He's like, "Okay, I'll wait outside for you." And he just left. Uh, it shows him outside at like a a really beautiful like garden or a, a courtyard for this wealthy manor or whatever. And he's just looking out on a cliffside on a, at a balcony, looking out at the ocean. The girl comes running out, begging him to stay at the party. And that's when they have their confession about what happened to him uh, with the accident. And he carefully explains what happened and then she questions one thing and he explains it and it slowly reveals the full truth of everything a log was rolling on the hill he was shouting to a girl who was picking flowers to move she couldn't hear him because it was windy that day and he had to push her out of the way and then he fell from a cliff and the log landed on top of him and that's when it just Full thing comes out. They're about to like, I guess, have this moment. And then out of fucking nowhere, that balcony hanging over the cliff, just giant crack down the center. And he starts plummeting to the bottom and she was like falling toward him also. So he just pushes her, makes her land on solid ground and he just falls and that is how the episode ends and i'm so irritated by that of all the ways that this episode could have ended the most random what the fuck thing ever of just beautiful garden wealthy place just the balcony falls and just plummets to the rocks below what the shit i have a couple of notes though one how dense is this fucking girl like I, oh yeah you named about 50 pieces of evidence that shows that uh, gugu is the one boy that she knew 
And yet mm-hmm. she's just like, mm, I'm going to have to see more from you. She's like the worst TSA person. Like, can I see your license and passport? And also, uh, is your mom here? Can she prove that you were born here? Do you mind doing that? Like, wh- apparently, unless there's a face to put with someone, then oh just my god, can't tell it. Wears the exact same clothes, has the exact same voice. <laughs> Everything about him is the exact same, except for a small little belly because of the jug that's in his fucking yeah, body, beer belly, and a mask. That's it. Oh, jeez. All right. So that's my first point. Getting beyond that, was this episode a feature-length film? Like, how in the ever-loving shit did they fit all of that into one episode? Uh, You went on, and I was, like, I was listening as if you were recapping, like, a new film that came out. There's, like, holy moly. It quickly shows, like, scenes from the past from different persons' perspectives. So, like... That log rolling on the hill, we saw it from, you know, at, at the beginning when it first happened. And we see it happen like that. Yeah. We got her perspective of it. And it was like, I didn't think it was that windy. What the fuck are you talking about? Was it windy that day? And then sure enough, her perspective shows over and she doesn't hear shit. She's just la-da-da-da-da, picking flowers, talking about her future and wanting to run away. And then just, boom. She gets knocked the fuck down. I'm like, what the fuck happened there? It, it wasn't windy. It was just the rocks in her head that were tumbling around too hard. She couldn't hear. Fair. Holy That's moly! Fair. Wow. Yeah. What a and yeah. What a cliffhanger. I guess literally, to to yeah. to segue on to the next episode. Like Jesus. It's. It made me so frustrated because like I'm like getting into this episode. I'm like finally, finally they're going to talk about this. And possibly like do what they've always been talking about and running away and her not having to marry this dude that uh, that was arranged marriage or whatever. Yeah. And then that happened. I'm like, if this is how fucking Gugu dies, I'm going to be pissed. I mean, that's be so pissed. Because that's just the the show is like is cruel, right? Like it's 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 all kind of focused around. It is like humans. It it really is cruel cruel but like that's just that's just mean <laughs> i mean that's it, life though right like it, that the orb uh, fushi right like fushi, yep. he his his whole task is to understand how like the, the way of humans like how humans live and the emotions and and troubles that humans go through and it's like can't be all you know, picking daisies and sniffing each other's farts. There's going to be a couple of cliff falls and <laughs> probably a kid with a, a alcohol in his body from a crazy mad scientist. Like there's going to be some dark shit. So I think it's like I, I, the way the episodes sound based on what you were saying before is that it pulled you into this state of like, okay, I can, I can open myself up and I can, I can pretend like, you know, things are going to get good. And then things start getting good. You're like, okay, whew, everything's going well. It's it's not going to end terribly. And then this shit happens, and you're like, fuck, yeah. back to reality. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man. Like, I at the end of this, I know something's bad's going to happen, and Fushi is going to add Gugu to his collection of appearances, and it's going to be really sad because like either it's going to be that he is changes from his normal appearance of uh that boy with the white hair and he's always gonna be uh goo goo 
or he will never ever transform into Gugu because it just hurts too much. Because they're legitimately like brothers now. With this time jump, you get to see them interact with each other, uh, doing different things, and they're so much like brothers. It's it's just so sad when when Gugu inevitably dies or something terrible happens to him. Or plot. And the twist. other thing is earlier oh. in the earlier in the episode, uh, they gave him a new mask because oh, hey. he was wearing a very old mask and it was made of wood. And the old man's like, "Hey." I've been working on this ever since you told me about the attack. Uh, so four years working on this fucking mask. Stone mask. Same thing. Uh, uh, iguana mask. Or horned lizard this time, I guess. Uh, he said, lift up the head. Or the lift open the mouth. And slam it down. And then lift it up again. And he did it. And a spark ignited over at the bottom of the the mouth. And he's like, now you can shoot your liquor out of your body and not have to have a torch on you. You can just shoot it immediately like that. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. These guys are ready to fight these motherfuckers if they ever come back. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it, it was interesting that happened. And then immediately afterwards, when they're getting ready to go to the party, he tells them to empty the liquor out of his body uh, because he's going to a social event. And his first instinct was like, no. What if they attack? And I'm sitting there like, yeah, old man, what the fuck is... What if they do attack? You gave him this fucking helmet and he's not going to be able to use it? Come on now. And then he falls off a cliff. Yeah, I was going to say, then they went so the that's different fun. direction. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fun. I was going to say, a big plot just would be if Fushi does, in fact, take on uh, Gugu's appearance, but goes back to when Gugu had a face and then fucks the girl that likes Gugu. Okay. Okay, no. Real dark and that. heavy. Yeah, no. we're going there. We're doing that. This is such <laughs> a beautiful show with great themes, and you're just destroying it with bullshit. It's all just a veil. You're just seeing life through rose-colored glasses. The true life would be if Fushi fucks the girl as Gook. <laughs> that would like be real more. life. <laughs> All right, let's let's get off of two year eternity now. Uh, My Hero Academia, because yeah. that's that's always nice. That's yeah, always good. I, I do have comments on this last episode, and I, I'm sure right. I'm sure you've got plenty you of ammo. You got plenty of ammo to come back at me with. And again, I say this: I do, in fact, very much love the show. Okay, before but, actually, you'll you'll start after I read what Frank's thoughts were, which oh, is yeah. very very brief. Yeah, it is a uh, Frank's thoughts on Microdemia are neat. Impending doom is on the way. <laughs> I liked when he Thanks sent that. Input, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Frank. I mean, he has a point, though, right? Like, the, with the way the episode starts, it's very ominous. Yeah. But I, I just want to point out one thing that was it just, it really kind of pissed me off, but in a, in a good way. And I'll explain it more. But they hit on so much shit in this episode that had not been touched for like seasons and it was just all in one episode like am i wrong like did you notice that or am i just like thinking things because we start why don't off... you list them off so we can all right. we can unpack this all right so we start off with uh is it dyka city right getting obliterated uh, i think so like it's just obliterated 
we don't really know the story behind it we just know it's obliterated we see some villain in the in the rubble and we're like all right shit cool impending doom we then see the hero uh well the news actually talking about it and what's interesting is that the whole perspective of heroes changes from like criticizing to it turning into like encouragement so it's not like them getting pissed at the heroes for letting it happen it's like no we want to encourage you because you know we know what you're going through right now and what the state of the heroes are like after all these attacks that have happened and with all might being gone like this is to get you to be encouraged like we're supporting you all right cool nice change of light we get like two seconds of Oh, by the way, we still haven't found out about the uh, potential student in uh, UA that's the uh, treacherous. Like it's they're suspected for being a, a treason. You know, they're like going behind everyone's okay. back. Okay, I'm like so for that wow, one. Cool. When did it they was, s- ah. for that one? It was it was a theory because of what happened with the very first attack and the timing of the other attacks. And like they made it to their camp, like. That's weird. So that's where it fully got in. Like, okay, we need to, we need to play with the with the chance that one of these students is a mole and is feeding the League of Villains information, which is partially why they put them in, uh, in like dorm rooms. No, yeah. So no. I, I got that. Part. All of that makes sense. It is just that, be, honestly, because of because of how the seasons are like kind of separate like this like once a year or so it kind of makes it seem like it's been a while but really it has not been too long since they had this conversation right it's just that now they're under the they're they believe none of the students at this point uh are a mole yeah that does not mean that one of them is actually a mole and has just been laying low now but there is a good chance none of them are well, and that feeds into the, the other point that I was making, which is that, like, uh, although it sounds like I'm complaining, I'm also excited because it's it, we're, we're finally, I mean, it, it, hopefully, wrapping up some of those loose ends that weren't hit on the last, you know, season or two, right? So the one being the yeah. mole, we also get the the conversation between the faculty about the work studies, and the state of those, and that they are going to go forward with those. We also get, in addition to that, the decision on the students living in the dorms and dorm life. Because the whole purpose of that was to make sure that the students were safe on campus and that they could keep, you know, everyone could keep an eye on them to make sure they're protected after the villain, the League of Villains had attacked, I think at that point, twice, right? So, um, yeah, twice. So and I can't did they did they determine was the the principal's decision to um they were going to keep the dorms open right like they were going to keep the students in the dorms or they were going to send them home what was the final decision there um I'm I think it's the dorms stay open yeah okay that's what I thought too so we get that which is cool and then we get you know into Midoriya talking about his you know the powers a little bit and just all obviously like the continuation of him learning uh one for all and the additional powers that have come with it from the vestiges so it's all into this one episode and by the way it's like a merry christmas episode and they do some pr stuff with mount lady which was kind of funny it was a good 
filler episode to set up everything. But there was just so much stuff, and you it just kind of hits you when you're watching it, and the in the you know the credits roll, and you're like, "Holy mother of God, they've got a lot of stuff to wrap into this season, huh?" Jesus. Okay. So here's my thing with this. I remember all of this happening, but I don't remember all happening like at once like this when I was reading the books, and. I haven't gone back to look yet, but I'm pretty sure it's it would be like the meeting with the uh, with all the teachers and everything, and then it would go into like the next arc information bits, and then it would go to like the PR stuff and all that stuff with the kids, and then they go to another thing involving whatever villain, and then it went to Christmas uh, Christmas party, so. For whatever reason, I think it might be that they're making sure all the hero stuff comes first, and then they're going to start feeding in the threads of the next arc as like its own like filler episode, possibly. Maybe they'll weave it together better, because uh, the next bit that's going to happen is very interesting, and they've laid the groundwork for it already. It's just that guess they don't want to make it super obvious right away and have it this episode have all that stuff going on and bring up the hype for that or maybe it's just that they don't want to lose the messaging of like or feed too much information at everyone at once because you have a lot of information that you were just talking about like yeah wrapping up loose ends and everything it might be like all of that and then all of this other shit for the next arc and then all this and then we're going to end with christmas party and like that's a bit weird. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't. But I see what you're saying with that. Like, I had the same thing. I'm like, this is a lot. I just, I remember all of this, so I guess it's fine. The only thing that I have a really complaint with is they took out some of my favorite bits of the Christmas party. And that's, I mean, some of the funny stuff still stuck there. But other than that, I had no problem with this episode in regards to the amount of information fed to us. Cause I know a lot more of that information and it's, yeah, it's a lot to keep track of. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's why I, I sort of ended that statement by saying like, I'm, I'm not mad. Right. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's also a nice episode too. If you forgot most of the stuff that's happened and like the reasonings behind why the UA is in, in the position that it's in now with its students and faculty, cause it hits on all of it. So it's a great episode to lead into the next arc. It just, as someone who's watched the show and has sort of kept track of everything that's happened, it just, it hits you like a ton of bricks when you're like, holy shit, there's really been a lot that's happened that just hasn't had any closure to it. But then you get this shining ray of hope of like, okay, cool. Like they're hitting on it again. Maybe it's going to progress in some way, shape or form this season or next season or, you know, whatever arc it might be in. But, like, I mean, yeah, I think yep. everything's been laid out nicely. I'm more now worried about what you just previously said, which is they've laid the groundwork for something, but they don't want it to seem too obvious. Because is is this in relation to the Eraserhead stuff that we had talked about previously? The Eraserhead is its own little thing. Okay. Uh, but, again, I said, if you go back and, and watch the episodes and everything's there yeah it's it's legitimately everything is there it's just that 
if you don't know what you're looking for, you won't see it. Which I mean, so it's it just really is just looking through and like taking notice of things that are like, why is this here? Yeah, that's the only way you can do it. It's not like something in the background, like this guy's looking at this thing. It is like, why did they do this scene? What is the importance of this three second scene right now? Hmm. Which I mean, that's that's exciting too. But I, I will say my one fear that, that did come from this episode and just talking in general about it is that they, as you've noted, they've laid the groundwork for the upcoming season and the arc, whatever arc it might be. Obviously, we have some some villain. We're going to assume that it's going to be structured around that. My, own, my biggest worry, though, is that there are also a lot of different avenues they could go down. And whether or not they're going to be, you know, mini arcs or they're going to be like just a filler episode or two to to sort of summarize and finish up something like there's a lot they touched on in this episode. I don't know if they can do it in one season, but if they are, they're going to have to really wrap it up nicely and, and with a bow on top because they've got a lot on their plate. So I'm kind of worried about the direction that they're end up they're going to end up going because I see tons and tons of ways we can play out this next season based on what we just hit on in this last episode, along with everything else we've learned up through this season. Obviously with, you know, Deku and his new powers, um, the inclusion of 1B and their growth, like, it, they've, there's going to be a lot. I I can't wait for after you after you said all that I can't wait for you to find out what the next arc is because this it's just gonna be so good <laughs> it's gonna I well, I, I love right. everything you're saying I understand it but next arc you're gonna be like well shit <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully it's a good well shit like well all right I good like it's not like well shit like I'm gonna be pissed oh no no it's hundred percent like. <laughs> it's, it's the good kind it's all right oh, i just can't wait all right but the other thing with that though is that um with them laying the groundwork and knowing where it's gonna go i can see there being some frustrations at the beginning of the 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 arc just because it is kind of a lot and it is mostly like dialogue with these characters and trying mm-hmm. to figure out this thing and then just endless amounts of like training montage bullshit, and it's all leading up to like this big, sh- this big thing. Yeah, but I could see it where they take their time with it, and really flesh out some of those characters that is going to be involved with a little bit more. But I can also see them like trying to trim down the fat of what happens in those training montage bits and all that dialogue. Cause I, for some reason, I don't feel like it's going to end with the, the, the big thing that's going to happen. I feel like it'll end just before because they, they're getting really close to where the books are at. Like for me, who's reading them, you know, the, the English translations, it didn't, it was not that long ago that I was reading this. So hmm. this next arc is really fresh in my mind because I I had just read it not too long ago and started yeah. it and ended it. So like 
it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the show if they're going to like if they take some time off uh maybe more than a year and just wait for more of the material to come out or because i did hear this a while back the sh- the the uh the main story is going to be ending shortly hmm. so maybe it's just that they know that the way that they're pacing it they know that they'll be at the end when the books are already done yeah yeah that's interesting uh, and my closing statement too to to wrap up the this episode is hitting on what you had said with that that there might be some slower episodes and it might be a slow progression to get where you know we we get to the real meat of the season or the meat of the arc i i don't mind that i really i really don't i think because now as a viewer someone who's obviously not reading the comics not understanding at the beginning of the season where it was going it was super frustrating to get a term arc because it just it felt like a placeholder but with a direction now and and all these underlying plots that we could venture off into it's very much clearer now okay here's what i can expect moving forward so if it takes time to develop it if we get some of those longer training sessions with you know the the underlying character development um it could be just a plot expansion too to really build out what's going to happen i'm totally cool with that because i know where it's going or i can at least theorize where we're going to be heading so knowing everything that we've come up to so far in the series through the term and arc through these last two episodes of filler i am very much prepared for just setting everything in motion i'm not you know i I, my expectations aren't like next episode we're gonna come face to face with the villain i want to set up those you know the different stories and those different plots and and be introduced to those characters that we're gonna see because i know where we're gonna be heading and that's gonna make it even better in the end as soon as you said i know next episode not gonna meet with the villain i sat there i'm like well maybe Well, I mean, I guess how this this last episode started, (laughs) the last episode started like, fuck it. Like it was like nine days previous. And I'm like, well, this is a weird, ominous way to start it off. And it was like a city exploded and a guy with white hair stomped a flower and laughed. And I'm like, what in the shit? (laughs) I have an issue with the way this episode went. And I I just thought about this. I wasn't going to hit on it. They started with that. Yeah. And then they ended it with the Christmas party. And that was kind of it, right? Oh, yeah. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't have anything that hinted at more. I think that's my issue. That's one of the issues I have with it. I feel like what they should have done was have like that serious conversation with the the faculty and everything happen at progress throughout the entire episode as usual. And then at the end, put that bit in there of like doom happening and all that shit or like have an extra bit at the end that that piggybacks off of that first scene. Well, I mean, to show, hey, this is where we're going next. Like, this is the this is the direction it's headed for. Like, shit's going down soon. And they really didn't have any particular manner in which they should have showed each different piece of that episode, like in a certain order. Like, because they hit on so many different things. There was the faculty meeting. There was the PR stuff. There was the Christmas party. There was all the, the the funny interview stuff with Todoroki and Bakugo. 
there was the the city exploding there was the people that were interviewed talking about you know their criticisms and encouragements for heroes like there was a ton of ton of shit and like they didn't really have a particular order that they needed to to like show you it in like Mm -hmm. it it was very very free-flowing so I will say, like, yeah, it's super Akotako to, like, get the start of the episode being, like, nine days ago, a city exploded. And being like, what? Wow, way to start off with fucking from zero to 100. Jesus. And then ending with a Christmas party, it's like, okay, that's kind of, like, cliche and boring, but whatever. Okay. I, but I just, like... To talk... Yeah. We got to talk about the Christmas party at some point, though. Okay, we can. There was there's a few things in there that I was like kind of there's okay. At the very first shot of it, you see everyone like in in the in the main room partying it up all in costume and everything. And you see at the top, Mina is like slowly stalking after Bakugo, who is not in any <laughs> festivity wear. Everyone's in Santa outfits or whatever. He's in like full He's black. the only person that's not. And you see her with an extra suit and she's just stalking him. Like ready to pounce and dress him up. That happened in so many different panels. Yeah. And it was the greatest. And I was like, okay, I can expect to see her in the background every time. And it happened like twice. <laughs> and I was so annoyed with that because there's a lot of funny shit that was going down in the background while everyone's like partying and talking and everything. And I was like, you fuckers. This is where Mina shines the most when she's doing something crazy in the background or something funny and teaming up um, with like Kaminari who is helping her. And give it a break, you 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 Mina fanboy. We all know right. you like Mina. Look right. We all we all get that one, and she's <laughs> mine. Fuck off. <laughs> but I'm at least happy that they kept all of the cuteness that Aerie brings. Because everything that happened with Eddie yeah. in this episode was 100% what happened in the books, including winning the fucking sword. Oh, yeah. That killed me. Um, there was a... I guess it was like a white elephant thing, uh, and they used... Um, Oh shoot! Who's the who's the hero with they the tape? They use Saro's tape. Yes, yes. Thank you. They used his tape to to like essentially just be like, all right, pick a piece and and whatever present it's attached to is yours. And yeah, Ari got the giant like Buster Sword, which was pretty cool. The cutest thing that I saw in the the Christmas portion was that each person was wearing like an elf or a Santa hat, but at the the end of it, where that puffball would be. That had like a a figure that kind of represented them or their powers, right? Which I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. I like that. That's cute. Yeah, so Kaminari had lightning. Yep. Uh, Jiro had uh, a note, a musical yep. note. Um, uh, Mina Rush. had, like, weird acid splash going on that was the same color as her acid. Yeah, Sugar Rush, I think, had, like, a cake or something or some sort of uh, yep. dessert. Yeah, it was really cute. Mineta had a purple ball, and that was yep. it. Just a purple ball. Well, better than what it could have been, which was just, like, a naked lady. So I guess I'll take a purple ball over that for him. Fucking creep. True. <laughs> True. But yeah, very, very off the wall, very sort of all over the place episode. But I think it's 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 good in the sense that we have everything laid out in front of us on what to expect. Whether or not they're going to hit on it fully, I guess that's going to be up to us to figure out as the season progresses. But at any rate, we're into it now. Let's go. Let's get this thing rolling.
yeah so i guess that's a good place to stop we are getting short on time here and i guess i'll save the the extra bit that i was gonna do for another episode but uh Ooh, another bit oh my another you, listeners bit. you you have something forward to listen to in, in a future episode another lobo but, bit uh thank you all for joining us this week uh if you want to talk to us more direct manner we have a discord server you can uh check out the link by going to our twitter at bakugo pod uh bakugo podcast uh and you can tweet at us talk to us through there if you're more comfortable on twitter uh, also, email us at bakakopodcast at gmail.com. And um, either through Twitter, through the Discord, if you are a part of it or join, uh, why don't you go ahead and recommend an anime to watch this upcoming season? I know of one that I am looking forward to, and I'm not certain if it's this upcoming season or sometime in the future of this year, but it is called Fina. A uh, pirate princess. Just look that up, please. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, until next time, spark triumph. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.